Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Right, a, one, a very wonderful evening to everyone. My name is Maxwell Ogaga, and um, welcome to the Dear Timothy Pastors and Ministry Leaders Training Institute. I'm glad to have every one of you here tonight as we go through this um, brief teaching course on overcoming discouragement in ministry. And I'm glad um, for all the pastors who are tuned in from around the world. We're looking at overcoming discouragement in ministry. And this is very specific to pastors and ministry leaders. And now it's very important for us to know that when you have been called into an assignment, when you've been called as a minister of the gospel, you've been called literally almost to lay your life down to be of a blessing to people. And we must understand that sometimes because of our human nature and because we're dealing with human beings, there will be avenues for us to be discouraged. And it's important for us to know how do we overcome this or how do we build around this so that at the end of the day we'll be able to fulfill our assignment. Now the first thing I want you to note is this and, and I want you to note very clearly and very importantly. There is simply no excuse to failing in ministry. I'll say it again. There is simply no excuse to failing in ministry. When the Lord has called us and the Lord has enabled us to be put into the ministry, one of the things that God wants us to do is to be able to fulfill our assignment. And like Paul would say, would stand before the Lord and say, I have finished my cause, I have run the race, and I have kept the faith. Now we know very clearly that Paul went through a whole lot of things before he could say that. And in the midst of all of this, God wants us to be successful. And I want to, before we make progress, to define what success is. It's important for us to know that success is fulfilling God's plan for your life. Success is fulfilling God's plan for your life. As a minister of the gospel... There is a specific plan for your life. As a minister of the gospel, there is a specific assignment for your life. There is a specific call that God wants you to fulfill. Are you following me? Now, and you need to pay attention to this because this is very, very important to your, to your ministry and to overcoming discouragement that will come you know, from your ministry. So you realize that there is a specific assignment and there is a specific goal, call God wants you to fulfill. And the judgment of God on your life is based on that specific call. Are you still with me? It's based on that specific assignment. Now, let's look at the meaning of the word discouragement. What does it, what does it mean to be discouraged? And we're looking at the English meaning of the word discouragement because we're looking at overcoming discouragement in ministry let's look at this now to be discouraged is the state of having lost your confidence 
the state of having lost your confidence. You see, so it's almost like when a man begins to um, experience discouragement in ministry, he's no longer confident. He's no longer bold about the assignment. He's no longer audacious about the call that God is giving to him. It's like when Peter denied Jesus. There was no boldness again. The boldness with which Peter used to confront people and walk with Jesus was no longer there. So one of the signs of discouragement is loss of confidence. You're no longer confident in the call and the anointing and the enablement of God in your life. You're no longer confident in the vision that God has placed in your heart. So the meaning of the word discouragement, the state of having lost your confidence. Or enthusiasm for something. You know, you're not enthusiastic anymore. You're not joyful anymore. The, the work becomes a burden. You know, preaching becomes a burden. Visitation becomes a burden. It's a loss of excitement. You're no longer excited. You know, you, you started this work with a lot of excitement, with a lot of push, and you felt, man, I'm going to go for this, and, and it's going to be awesome. But you realize at the end of the day that uh, there is no excitement again. There is loss of enthusiasm. You are not the things that used to impress you and make you excited about ministry. Those things are not there anymore. And that's that's you are getting discouraged. You are in despair. Confidence is gone and excitement is gone. And these, these are very key because because you know as humans and as ministers of the gospel. We, we need to be honest with ourselves. We deal with these points in our life and ministry. Points where we, there's loss of confidence. And there's, there's the, the enthusiasm for the assignment is gone. If you have your way, you would go back and pick your fishing nets. If you have your way, you would go back and do something else. If you have your way, you will quit the ministry. And most times we are not honest with ourselves, but at one point or the other... We have felt this. And I'm not preaching this message from a theoretical perspective. I'm preaching as one who has grown up in a pastor's home and, and, and watched my parents almost in ministry and someone who's been involved in ministry for over a decade. I'll tell you that those points will come where you will almost be tempted to say, listen, I'm not doing it again. Alright? Now, some synonyms which... Um, associated with the word discouragement, some other words which are associated with the word discouragement are demoralization. To be demoralized. You know, the morale for the assignment is low. You are demoralized. Number two, to despair. To despair. And I want you to, to observe this word because Paul used these very words. To despair. Despondency. We're looking at other words used for discouragement. Demoralization, despair, despondency, disheartment, dismay, dispirited. To be dispirited. There's no spirit anymore. There's no life to carry on the assignment. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I want to get into the Bible and show you four powerful ministers that were discouraged. Four powerful ministers that were discouraged. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 
we want to read about the life of Apostle Paul, who wrote two third of the New Testament. A man mighty in signs and wonders. A man whom a venomous snake fastened itself on his hands and he shook it into the fire. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8 to 11. It says, for we do not want you to be unaware. We don't want you to be ignorant. Brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength. Look at the word Paul used. It says, we were, utterly, we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength. That we despaired of life itself. Remember, one of the synonyms for discouragement is what? To despair. He says, he says we, were, we, were, we were despaired of life itself. It's almost like we didn't want to live. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him, we have set our hope that He will deliver us again. You must also help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Paul says, I, I don't want you to be ignorant of the persecution, the affliction that we we'll experienced in Asia. For we were so burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life. This is this is something that the great apostle said. He said, the discouragement was much. And we don't want you to be ignorant of it. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. Let's look at the servant of God and what he went through. We're looking at biblical examples of ministers that were discouraged. 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 4. Let's start reading from verse 1. Now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And how he killed all the prophets with the sword. Remember that this man was carrying out God's assignment for his life. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and even more. If I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. The prophet of God was threatened with death. Verse 3, and he was afraid and arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. This man of God ran, took off for his life. These are some hidden parts in scripture that we don't want to read, but it's there. He was scared, he ran. Look at his prayer. Verse 4, but he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness told his servant to go. Alright? And came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. He went to the wilderness. Look at his prayer point. Let me die. And he said, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take my life. For I am not better than my father's. Can you imagine? God's servant went into the wilderness to pray that God would kill him. He said, take my life. He was discouraged to the point he asked God to kill him. I'll tell you something. 
if the grace of God does not abide with you in ministry, you are going to see things that will discourage you. You might even contemplate suicides. You look at the research rate of pastors who are committing suicide. It's not because they don't know God's word. It's not because they don't know the power of the Holy Spirit. But most of them have come to a point in their life where they are tired. And I'm going to, I'm going to show you the sources of discouragement. And the Lord has put this in my heart. And I'm believing the Lord to be able to put this into a small booklet and make available. So pastors can be encouraged to keep on the work. Overcoming discouragement in ministry. Overcoming discouragement in ministry. He said, take my life. That was the prayer he prayed. He didn't pray and say, Lord, empower me more. Lord, give me more of your glory. Lord, show me what to do. Because at certain times in ministry, when you are discouraged, you don't even want to continue. You want to end it. You just want to do something else with your life. You know, sometimes, that is why I want to encourage you. Some of you listening to me, you are called to serve your pastors. Serve them with your heart. Become a son of consolation. That's what the apostles um, called Barnabas. They called him a son of consolation. Paul talked about those who refreshed him. Glory to the name of the Lord. And that's why one of my key mandates in this life, and something I'm believing God to help me to do, is to encourage a lot of young ministers, to support them, to encourage them, to be there for them, to help them. To, to, to help them to overcome these phases in their life and ministry. Because the ministry can be a tough assignment. You are called to almost lay your life and impact your life down. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Alright? I want to read Jeremiah chapter 20. Giving you several ministers, several pastors, several prophets who were... <laughs> Called by God for a mighty assignment. But felt the forces, the evil forces of discouragement come against them. Please go with me to Jeremiah chapter 20. And verse, verse 7. Let's look at verse 1. Jeremiah 20 verse 1. When Pasha, the priest of the son of Emer, who was chief officer in the house of the Lord, heard Jeremiah prophesying these things. Verse 2. Pashur had Jeremiah the prophet beaten and put him in the stocks that were the upper Benjamin gate, which was by the house of the Lord. The man of God was prophesying and speaking the word of the Lord, what God has given to him to do. And, uh, and they caught him and beat him up. <laughs> caught him and beat him up. You know, sometimes we realize that the concept of ministry that we have is, is this social media, nice suit, protocol running after you, you know, a royal kind of life. Most of us are not aware of the intricacies and the hardness that is in ministry. Most of us were not raised with the tough side of ministry. And so when we come against this tough side, it's easy to be discouraged. And I'm, I'm going to deal with that as I go on. I hope you're with me. Look at verse 7. Look at what God told, look at what Jeremiah told God. Oh Lord, you have deceived me and I was deceived. <laughs> Can you imagine? He says, Oh Lord, you have deceived me and I was deceived. You have overcome me and prevailed. 
I have become a laughing stock all day long. Everyone mocks me. You look at it. Say, for each time I speak, I cry aloud. I proclaim violence and destruction. Because for me, look at this. Because for me, the word of the Lord has resulted in reproach and derision all day long. He said, listen, because I'm carrying out the assignment you put in my life, it has resulted in mockery. Imagine you educated, you went to school, acquired certificates, intelligent, and the Lord calls you into ministry. And you begin to do what God has called you to do. And then people begin to laugh at you and say, poor beggar, you are just after people's tithes, you are after people's offerings. They begin to, they begin to mock you <laughs> and laugh at you. He said all of this. Go to verse 14 because of our time, 14 to 18. Look at what Jeremiah said. Cursed be the day I was born. Man, this was a prophet. Cursed be the day I was born. Let the day not be blessed when my mother bore me. Cursed be the man who brought the news to my father saying, A baby boy has been born to you and made him very happy. But let that man be like the city which the Lord overthrew without relenting. And let him hear an outcry in the morning and a shout of alarm at noon. Because he did not kill me before my birth. Can you see what Jeremiah is saying? Because he did not kill me before my birth, so that my mother would have been my grave, and her womb ever pregnant. Why did I ever come forth from the womb to look on trouble and sorrow, so that my days have been spent in shame? Look at what Jeremiah said. He says, curse the day I was born. He says, curse the man who came to tell my father that a male child has been... He cursed the day he was born. He cursed the man who brought news. He says, I should have been buried in my mother's womb. My God. My God. You know, that's why when you become discouraged, if, if God does not help you, you will begin to release curses on yourself. You begin to release curses on your ministry. You begin to say words that you shouldn't say. Are, are you following with me tonight? And one of the things we're going to do in this broadcast is to break the power of discouragement over your life and ministry. And for some of you who are in the ministry and you're also contemplating suicide, that the power of God will break that spirit out of your life. That you will have new visions and new hope. And that's why we're doing all we can in our power to encourage young men that the Lord has called so that discouragement will not take a hold of their hearts. Because it can be a lonely journey as a minister. Who do you cry to? Who do you, who do you, who do you cry to? For instance, you're the man. Your wife has to depend on you. Your children have to depend on you. Your church members are depending on you. Everybody around you is depending on this great man of God. Who do you cry to? Who do you turn to? All the ministers expect you to do well. And that's why discouragement for the minister is bad because everybody looks up to him and there's no one he can cry to. Sometimes you're so discouraged you don't even feel like praying. But God, thanks be to God who delivers us. Glory to God. I want to read another passage. Come and stay with me tonight. I want to read another passage. Numbers chapter 11, verse 10. Look at this. Moses, Numbers eleven ten. Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance to their tents. 
the Lord became exceedingly angry and Moses was troubled. He asked the Lord, Why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Look at Moses praying. Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to the ancestors? Why can I, where can I get meat for all these people? Why would they keep wailing on me? Give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If, look at what Moses said in verse 15. If this is how you are going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me if I found favor in your eyes and do not let me face my own ruin. Can you see what Moses prayed? Moses said, God, the favor I'm asking from you is to kill me. That's the favor. Just kill me. I don't want to face embarrassment and shame alone. I can't do this. How can I carry all of these people? Can you see how these ministers are asking that God will kill them for the burden? That's why when Paul was speaking about those who refreshed him, he, he, he went out and, 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 and appreciated people who refreshed him. You know, sometimes you don't know how refreshing it can be to just be available for your pastor to serve him. And as I look at ministry, and as I look on, and as I make progress in this ministry, you know, one of the prayers I pray every day, say, Lord, make me a source of refreshing to young ministers. Make me to be able to refresh them. Make me to be able to be there for them, to help them. Praise the name of the Lord. And grant them things that can help them fulfill the assignment of God over their lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look at Romans chapter 16, verse 1 and 2. I want to read this quickly. Um, let's go to Romans 15, verse 32. Or verse 31. That I may be rescued, Paul speaking, that I may be rescued from those who are disobedient in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may prove acceptable to the saints. Verse 32. So that I may come to you in joy by the will of God and find ref refreshing rest in your company. Now the God of peace be with you all. Look at Romans 16.1. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church, which is that creature, that you receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, and that you help her in whatever matter she may have need of you. For she herself has also been a helper of many, and of myself as well. That's the prayer I've been praying over my life right now. God help me to be a helper of many, to help young ministers. To come out of this pit of discouragement so they can fulfill God's purpose for their life. I want to look at this very quickly. And be on the watch out for this. I'm, I'm documenting this into a book that would help people. Look at, watch out for this. Sources of discouragement. Number one, the weight of the assignment. The weight of the assignment. It's amazing, but God is trusting on us to carry out a very powerful assignment. The weight of the call, the weight of the call made Moses to be discouraged. The weight of the assignment of God over your life 
the things you have to do, the things you have to accomplish, the messages and the declarations that God is putting in your heart, the weight of the assignment can be a source of discouragement. Number two, the persecution that comes with the assignment. The persecution that comes with the assignment. God has called you to a specific assignment. And then this mighty persecution comes. This mighty persecution comes. The persecution that comes with the assignment can be discouraging. Number three, lack of instant growth and fruitfulness. Let's be honest with ourselves. God has called you to plant this church. You've been there two years, three years, four years. And it's like the church is not growing. Every time you meet and open the doors of that church, it is where two or three are gathered. As a human being, there are certain levels of fruit and growth you want. And when those fruit and those growth do not show up, it discourages you. Let's be honest. You want to stay there. You want to be patient. But at least you're saying, God, at least give me some more people so I can do this thing. So when we don't see certain levels of growth and fruitfulness, the, the, the enemy uses that to push discouragement into our heart. Number four, comparison can bring discouragement. Comparison can bring discouragement. You look at people that you started out with. You know, sometimes you say, oh, we should not compare in ministry. And that's right. The Bible says, if we compare ourselves with another, we're not wise. But you also know somehow you have a way of just looking back <laughs> and saying, well, I started with this person. Oh, we are age mates. We started together. So, when you begin to compare, if you're not careful, you will become discouraged. Comparison will, be, will, will breed discouragement. That's why it's important for you to focus on your assignment and focus on what God has done for you. Alright? Number five, lack of finances. You have vision. You, have the, the, you know what to do. You know what to teach. The money is not just there to push the vision. The money is not just there to push the vision. Lack of finances. You, you, you have these wonderful plans. You have this powerful anointing. But the finances are not there. It can be discouraging. It can be discouraging. So much vision. So much to accomplish. But no money. Number six. Members. Members. The members... Or the people you are called to reach. We look at the life of Moses. The people he was called to reach are the people that frustrated him. They cried for meat. They cried for food. They cried for everything possible that they can cry for. And what happened? The members can frustrate you. Betrayal. You spend your life for a member of the church. And hoping that they will become better. Spend your energy. Spend your resources. Give them your time. And tomorrow, they betray you. Tomorrow, they walk away. Disloyalty. Stab you in the back. And say all kinds of things about you. Misrepresent and misreport the activities and the actions of the ministry. It can be a source of discouragement. Here is a disciple that Jesus invested everything on. Called you from nothing. And made you a disciple. One of the foundational apostles. And you sold him for 30 pieces of silver. Yeah. Those who are ungrateful. They can cause you to be discouraged. Those who are not appreciative. You, you, you as a minister of the gospel. You look at someone. 
And you pick them from wherever they are. And say, I think there there is a potential in your life. There are possibilities in your life. There are things you can become. And you pour your life into them. You pour resources into them. You, you, you pour everything you can to make sure that these people become some, somebody or something in life. And after many years, they walk away. Or they refuse to produce to the level of their potential. It can cause discouragement. Rejection by those you are sent to. God sends you to a city. God sends you to a people. And they reject you. John 1.11 he came to his own, but his own received him not. Jesus was rejected by the Jews. That can become a source of discouragement. That can become a source of discouragement. Rejected by those you are called to. Rejected by those you are called to. It's important for us to understand that God has sent us to the place that we're in. And it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. And it doesn't matter what is happening in that city. Man of God, stay there. And blossom where you are planted. Don't give up. Don't give in. You will overcome. Glory to God. Number eight. Burn out. Burn out. You are wearied. Daniel 7.25 says, if Satan has his way, he would weary the saints. You are just tired. (laughs) You are just burnt out. You are tired. You are tired. You are tired. You are burnt out. Number nine. Frustration of lack of growth of the church members. Sometimes it can be discouraging. You keep teaching the word and teaching the word and teaching the word and teaching the word. And hoping that these people will get the word and we grow. I tell people this many times. I said one of the best things you can do for the minister or the man who has called you. Or the man, um, the minister that your, your pastor is to grow spiritually. Don't always be a babe. Paul says when you ought to be teachers, you have need that someone will teach you. You know, that can become a source of discouragement. People that you are training who ought to be church workers and deacons and leaders. They start behaving like children. Again, you have to relay again the elementary principles of the, of the gospel to them. Basic things that others will not do, they'll do it. It can become a source of discouragement. Galatians 3 verse 1 to 3. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by the hearing with faith? Verse 3. Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? He was angry. He said, Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? So frustration of lack of growth of church members or lack of impact. But church members can cause discouragement. Number 10. Listen to this. Lack of proper honor from those you labor over. Nobody is in ministry for honor. You know, but sometimes you can labor over people and they will not give you the honor that comes with the office and with the labor. And the funny thing is that these people will honor (laughs) others who are either false or wants to rip them. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul spoke over this frustration. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 5. Let's start reading from verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? He says, you are my work. I, I labored over you. If to others I'm not an apostle, at least I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. My defense to those who examine me is this. Do we not have a right to eat and drink? Do we not have a right to take along a believing wife? Even as the rest of the apostles and the brothers of the Lord and servants? You know, he began to talk about we have a right to do all of these things. We can do these things. But you guys go and honor the first apostles and the first prophets who want to rip you off. We, we have a right to be honored. We have a right to live well. Says, but at the end of the day, we, we have humbled ourselves so we can reach you. But then you don't honor us. It can be discouraging. You, you humble yourself. You throw away your rights. You, you, you put things aside so you can be of a blessing to these people. So you can reach these people. Only for them to dishonor you. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. When, when the, the honor that should come from those you're laboring over does not come, it can become a source of discouragement. After doing everything for them. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Now stay with me for a couple of minutes and I'll be done here. What are some of the steps to overcoming discouragement? I want to finish this here tonight. I don't want to take this onwards. What are some of the steps very quickly? 11 steps to overcoming discouragement. And I'm going to deal with this uh, when, I'm, when I'm done with the book. I just, I'm just feeling led to put this into a, a book to help people. Number one, get clarity from God. Get clarity from God. Be clear. Is God sending me to this place? Is God sending me to do this? Get clarity from God. Number two, do only what God is asking you to do. Ministry has Ministry is burdensome. Don't carry an extra burden that the Lord is not, is not giving to you. Are, are you following me now? Please. Don't carry an extra burden that the Lord is not giving to you. Do only what God is asking you to do. Because your assignment in, alone has enough discouragement. Don't add other things that God is not asking you to do. Stand in the office that God has called you to stand in. Number three, go back and wage a good warfare with the prophetic words that God has spoken unto you. Paul told Timothy, he said, remember those words that were spoken over you and wage a good warfare with them. When discouragement comes into my life, sending times, I pull out the prophetic words that trusted men of God have spoken over me. I listen to them again most times when they are prophesying over me and I trust the, the, the vessel that God is using to speak over me. The scripture tells us not to despise prophecy. I take a hold of it. I play it over and over. Sometimes I write it out and I listen to it over and over again. What am I doing? I'm encouraging myself. You know, when David went out to battle and everything, <laughs> you know, his family and everything was taken by the Philistines. You know what happened? The Bible says that the people David was leading sought to kill him. They were thinking of stoning him. And what happened? The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. 
certain times in ministry, you have to take the prophetic words. When you walk into that church, when you walk into that place, after the service, you look at the offerings. It's nothing to write home about. You can't do anything with it. You look at the seats in the church. More empty chairs than people. You look at your family. Sometimes you're going home and there's nothing there's nothing to write home about. But you know that you have a valid call from God. That's the time to take the prophetic words. Time to take the prophetic words and speak them over your life again and run the devil out of town. That's the time to take the word and say, no, this word will come to pass. I will not quit. Glory to God. I will not quit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Go back and wage a good warfare with that. Go back and wage a good warfare with that prophetic word. Number four. Learn frugality in ministry. Learn to gather the fragments. Don't overstretch your financial capacity in ministry. Our, our time is, is gone. There's so much I, I can teach on this subject. And I'm hoping that I'll be able to uh, get this properly written out in a book, please, so you can get a hold of it. Alright? Don't overstretch yourself. Don't go and buy sound system on credit. And depending on people to pay. Start the ministry where you are. If the people cannot hear you anymore, they will contribute money to buy the sound system. Don't stretch yourself. You must not hold five or six conventions every year. You must not do anniversary every year. Be frugal. Learn to manage resources. Learn the wisdom of gathering the fragments. Learn the wisdom of gathering the fragments. Let me tell you something. Listen carefully to me. I've grown up in a pastor's home all my life. I'm a pastor's child. I've grown up in a pastor's home all my life. I've been pastoring for over 12 years. People think ministry has a lot of money. So there is a false assumption. That oh, the church has money. And if you, if you don't tell yourself the truth, you will live in delusion and you will live in a lie. You will be indebted and broke. And you know what will happen? Nobody will come to your rescue. So you must do what is your size. When you are carrying out a building project, you know, I remember one time, we were building our church, and then I got a suggestion from someone, he said, oh, we, we've got to expand this, we've got to make this a lot bigger. I said, yes sir, we will, but right now, we don't have that money. We'll build what we can afford. And when that time comes, we will expand. The wisdom of frugality. So that, you, so that abandoned projects do not discourage you. Every time you walk through that church land, every time you walk through the store of the person you're owing, you realize that, listen, I can't make payments for this. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse, I said verse 5. Well, this is my own Bible, so let's go to verse 5. <laughs> Glory to God. Um, number 5. Attend meetings for refreshing and fresh impartation. Once in a while, take our time and attend a conference. Don't go there and say, I'm a pastor. Just relax. Participate. Hallelujah. And just refresh yourself. Be refreshed. I have a goal. Every year I attend, you know, before then, I used to attend local conferences. But every year I attend an international meeting just to refresh. And you know what I realized? Every time I go for those meetings and I come back, there's fresh insight. I'm seeing how things are done. I'm excited to go again. Take out time to attend meetings. 
Don't only be poured upon and poured upon and poured upon and no one is pouring into you. I'm, I've got to rush this quickly because our 45 minutes is almost over. Can you believe it? Learn to rest and take vacation. In Mark chapter 6 verse 31, Jesus told the disciples, He says, there were many going and coming out that they did not even have enough time to eat. You know what Jesus told them? Jesus did not tell them, well done, that good and faithful servant. Jesus did not tell them, oh, hard working servant. You know what Jesus told them? Come ye apart and rest. I believe strongly that the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus did not discover it only in the night of his crucifixion. I believe that that's a garden that Jesus used to go and rest. And I want to tell you this. I learned this from a dear minister. Listen carefully to me. Listen very carefully to me. Pastors, ministers of God, invest in your bedroom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Buy a good mattress. Get a good foam. Spend some money on your bed. Make sure that when you lie down at night, you're lying down on a good foam. Are you following what I'm saying? Invest money in your resting place. Some of you have invested so much in your parlor. And your, your mattress is nothing to write home about. You sleep on this side of the mattress, it will go down. You, you will have waist pain and you will die before your time. Are you following what I'm saying? Uh, the older I got in ministry, the more I began to realize how to take care of the vessel that has the message. Learn to rest. It's important. Learn the principle of rest. If there is anything that can make you comfortable for the assignment, a time must come in ministry where you tell yourself, I have sacrificed. There is a bit of comfort you can put around you to enhance the assignment. It was said of Charles, uh, Charles Finney one time, a dear minister of God was going to preach somewhere and he entered the back of the, the train, the economy class, tight, you know, crazily tight. And he saw Charles Finney, Charles Finney or Charles Spurgeon, entering the first class. And he said, oh, you are wasting the Lord's money. Either Charles Finney or Charles Spurgeon told him, he said, no, I'm preserving the Lord's servant. We're not saying you should go above your means. But please, take care of your body. Alright? Get a good mattress. Sleep well. Invest in your bedroom. And I'm emphasizing the bedroom because I realize a lot of people invest on the, in, in their living room because that's what people see. It's, what, it's not what people see that you need. It's where your body can rest. Are you following? Get some money. Get a good mattress. If you, if you need to put a fan in your bedroom, put a good fan. Make sure when you lie to sleep, if you're sleeping for three hours, it's comfortable three hours. If you're sleeping for four hours, it is comfortable four hours. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Alright. Uh, pray extensively in the Holy Spirit for directions. If you want to overcome discouragement, you need to pray extensively in the Holy Spirit so you can walk in love. Okay? Number eight. Avoid comparison. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. Avoid comparison. Thank God for what that man is doing. Thank God for what this one is doing. Thank God for what brother A and brother B is doing. But there's a plan for your life. Paul planted. Apollos watered. God gave it the increase. Yours might be to water. Yours might be to plant. I've realized in my life, you know, you must function where God has called you. I've realized in my life that God has enabled me and God has called me to help ministers. 
to minister to ministers. It's a calling. It's an anointing. It's not something I desired. It's not something I, you know, you know, everybody's preaching to pastors. Now you need to have your own pastors. No, I just find out that by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, I find out that pastors gravitate towards me. And you know what I realized? Pastors gravitate towards me for wisdom in ministry, not for doctrine. For wisdom in ministry. And that's why if you read my pastoral books and you read, uh, you listen to me teach pastors, I teach very practical things. But you know what I observe? They come back and say, wow, that blessed me. There is an anointing on that aspect. And so what do I do? I don't compare myself with a pastor who is having a pastor's conference and is teaching Greek and teaching Hebrew and teaching doctrine. You know, my dad is called to reach out to pastors. But my dad is called to reach out to pastors in the area of doctrine. A lot of pastors listen to my dad to correct their doctrine. And a lot of pastors listen to me to get the wisdom for ministry. Praise the name of the Lord. To get the wisdom for ministry. So, you must find out your area and avoid comparison. Are you following? So, if you're listening to me tonight, it's because I'm called to reach out to you. And I'm glad you're listening. Are you following what I'm saying? And if you need your doctrine corrected and sorted out, you go meet someone else and they'll sort you out. So, if we stay in our lane, we can reduce the trap of comparison. Set your mind on eternal rewards in ministry. Praise the name of the Lord. Even though on earth, Jesus promised us a hundredfold return of the things we've left for the gospel, don't forget that as a minister of the gospel, your reward is eternal. So when things on earth are not moving the way they should move, set your reward. Set your eyes on that heavenly reward. Praise God. Number 10. Know that human nature will always happen. People will always betray you. Let me, let me tell you one good news and one bad news. People have betrayed you before. People will betray you. People will continue to betray you. It's human nature. So people will not respond to you with due honor. Sometimes you will labor over a minister, you labor over a young person, mentor them, train them, help them. They'll get a job in another city. They'll move to that city. And they'll start tithing and giving to that church. And sometimes they will even start saying, that's my pastor. And you wonder, where were you? Where was that pastor when I labored over you? It'll happen. It'll happen. But you must seek the honor. You must seek the honor that comes from God. John 5, 44. Don't seek the honor that comes from man. Seek the honor that comes from God. I pray for you today that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the spirit of discouragement will be broken. And God will pour new visions into your life. And God will pour new anointings and new freshness into your life and ministry. And you will receive an empowerment of the spirit that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you would rise up, you will not quit. And in the name of Jesus, resources, men, will be gathered unto you for the assignment and you'll be fruitful in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. 
God bless you.